0: all stand to worship together.
1: Seated above, enthroned in the Father's love. Destined to die, poured out for all mankind. God's only Son, perfect and spotless one. He never sinned, but suffered as if he did. Came. And Jesus, you're awesome and powerful. Awesome and great is your name, for you ever came. By the word of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, everyone overcome, we will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. of the lamb and the word of our testimony everyone overcome we will we will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony Jesus, You're awesome and powerful, ever awesome and great is Your name. For You overcame. Jesus, You're awesome and powerful, ever. Awesome and great is your name You overcame You overcame God praises the highway to the moon of God. The rocks will cry out, the oceans will roar, the mountains will bow in the name of the Lord, for He is our God, He will be praised. The idols will fall, the strongholds will break, every weapon that's formed will shatter and fail, He is our God, He is our faith, yeah. Our God, He forever reigns. You name. Reign. Praise is the highway to the throne of God. Praise is the highway to the heart of God. Praise is the highway to the moon of God. So lift up your head. Lift up your hands, fling wide the gates, break down the walls with the shout of praise. Lift up your voice, pull heaven down. Oh, sing like thunder, his praises loud. Praise is loud. Praises the high. Praise is the highway to the heart of God. Praise is the highway to the moon of God. So lift up your hands, lift up your hands. Fling wide the gates. Break down the walls with a shout of praise. Lift up your voice heaven down will sing like thunder, his praise is loud. Lift up, lift up your over over one another let's take this time to pray over one another
0: now during this time if you want to come forward so these folks can pray for you but if there's any of you that don't feel like stepping out if you just want to raise a hand and maybe the people around that person can turn and pray so just be looking around I know I need prayer right now we all need prayer for so many different things but Father God we need the Holy Spirit and in his infilling this morning <clears throat> Lord we need you to have your way in us empty us so you can fill us God for more of you more of what you want to do. So don't be afraid to even lean into another person and say, hey, can you guys pray for me if you don't want to step out? But let's take this time just to find a place, whether it's up here or back there, and just seek his face.
1: Lord, take control, Lord, take control, I trust you. My every breath My life My soul Oh, and I surrender I surrender Oh, and I surrender, I surrender, all I have I give to you, yes, I surrender, I surrender. Bridge, everything and nothing less. I give you everything and nothing less, forever, everything and nothing less. My life is yours. We're saw the love the Holy King Then he cleans my lips right before I die Still shake as the angels cry yes the singing that flammation seem to
2: Are holy, just raise your hands and worship Him in His holiness.
1: Hallelujah. We're singing, You
2: Concept of God. We think of this brilliant being on a throne, perhaps. We think of this splendor that is somewhere, and or maybe we think of the glory as that that unction or something that descends on us as his body. And that's all true. But the but the root meaning of that word holy, and, and I've said this before, is to be separate. And I am so glad this morning that God is separate than any other thing in creation. Nothing approaches him, nothing touches him, nothing is near him. He's not tainted by it, he's not confused by it, he's not bewildered by it. He is above and beyond every possible realm in the entire universe. And that is so wonderful. We don't have to worry about him getting messed up, goofed up, or confused in any way. But here's the wonderful thing then into that realm he invites us as his sons and daughters and he says come boldly before the throne of grace oh wow to obtain mercy and find help in a time of need how many are in a time of need a lot I know I am father we just thank you so much that you are separate you are apart from this whole thing but yet you control it and you're in the very midst of it we can't understand that but yet you are And we're so glad that anytime we have a need, we can come to you and we call boldly to your name. So we thank you for that. We ask your healing touch right now. Continue your ministry to to Bev, Grubert, and to others that are suffering. To Ryan uh, in the hospital still doing better, but we continue asking for your touch any physical need represented father's place we thank you for your healing touch we thank you for that emotional touch that spiritual touch that you're calling your body back to yourself today and you're bringing us closer to you we thank you for it and we praise you for what you're doing we thank you for your your deliverance and the fact that you're delivering us to yourself you're not you're not delivering us from anything as much as you're delivering us to yourself and that's what it's all about we want to be closer to you in these last days We want to be in the palm of your hand in these last days because that's where the solution is. That's where the answer is. Holy to you, Father. We thank you and we praise you for that. We ask your blessing on the remainder of this service together and we're going to promise to praise you because we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give him one last praise if you could do that. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise his name. Praise his name. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated. Is it Andrea? Andrea,
1: how's
2: mom doing? Is she doing well? She said, time? And initially they said two weeks for week week Oh good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I uh, uh, Pastor Ron's been visiting and I know Charles visited her and I, I said, well, I heard that she was getting near being out, and I thought, well, let me go in Friday morning, I think it was. And Ron was Pastor Ron was just in Thursday so I go to the nurse's station and it's one of those wonderful things I go to the nurse's station I say um, Beverly Grubert and she's looking there's no listing for Beverly Grubert so that at that point you go oh lord (laughs) it could be really good or really bad but thankfully she was out and on her way to rehab so hallelujah for that so amen amen ushers if you'll come and uh, we'll prepare to meet the need of the hour and we have a a special guest duet K and K duets <laughs> I didn't didn't realize it until after I thought about it a while it's it's Kathy and Kathy I think that should be a new TV show Kathy and Kathy They're going to bless us with a song here uh, after the offering. Father, we just thank you so much for your wonderful blessing in our lives. We thank you for whether it's the blessing of moms today or whether it's the blessing of weather or good health or provision, whatever it is. Every good and perfect gift comes down from you, and we thank you for that. We ask, Father, you'll bless this offering, multiply it, use it for the furtherance of your kingdom. We're going to promise to praise you because we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you guys.
3: Oh, tie to the sound of the music of living. Happy songs of the laughter of children at play. Hold my hand as we run. Through the sweet, fragrant meadow, making memories of what was today. For we have this moment to hold in our hands and to touch as it slips through our fingers like sand yesterday's gone and tomorrow may never come but we have this moment today tender words gentle touch And a good cup of coffee in someone who loves you and wants you to stay. Hold them near while they're here and don't wait for tomorrow to look back and wish for today for we have this moment to hold in our hands and to touch as it slips through our fingers like sand gone. Tomorrow may never come, but we have this moment today. Take the blue of the sky and the green of the forest and the gold and the brown. Of the freshly mown hay, at the pale shades of spring, and the circus of autumn, and weave you a lovely today. For we have this moment to hold in. touch as it slips through our fingers like sand. Yesterday's gone and tomorrow may never come, but we have this moment today. Yes, we have this moment today. Life is all about making memories, and I pray that you think of this song. I've been singing it for over 40 years, and the first time that I heard it, I realized my five-year-old wasn't doing the things I should. Make memories with all of your loved ones that you have no regrets whatsoever. God bless you today.
2: Boy, isn't that the truth? These times slip through our fingers like sand. And uh, wow, my mother will always say she never thought she'd have children in the 60s in their 60s, and I never thought I'd have children in my 30s that are now in their 30s, and uh, we have little young ones, just enjoy them. How old is Stormy now? 14 months, so she's over a year, and Adonis, you just told me, was what now? Adonis is four, and Tariq is going to be eight months coming up. Wow. See? Fast. Fast enjoy them suck their faces in as much as you can <laughs> chew on their cheeks <laughs> my poor kids growing up they had red faces all day long it's just too bad young people you may be dismissed uh, together for your time and uh those of you who are here let's open our bibles to luke the 10th chapter luke the 10th chapter and um, Going to uh, share a message today, uh, sort of a a strange title for Mother's Day, but Luke, the 10th chapter. uh, We're going to talk about Martha, Mary and Martha, but Martha in particular, and uh, in that 10th chapter. And we will head down to verse 38. And um, Brother uh, Pastor Grandi shared a thought with me a while back about Mary and the ointment. Do you remember that? Okay, good. Well, keep remembering it, because maybe I'll have him share that sometime. It was a a wonderful thought about Mary, but we're going to talk about Martha today. And the title of my message is Works and Worship. Works and Worship which is a strange title for Mother's Day, but I think you'll get some thoughts out of this uh, together. Let's just uh, read in Luke, the 10th chapter, verse 38. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. I I always love Luke. Of course, know Luke was a doctor, and so he would write very specific things, and he said he entered a certain village and met a certain woman. And Martha welcomed him, Jesus, into her house, and she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at the feet of Jesus and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, which uh, many commentators say when you say that twice, you're either angry or you're, it's, it's a, a term of endearment, you know. Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. This is that infamous story of Martha and Mary, and you could read more. Uh, they are, it's, Martha and Mary, of course, are the sisters of Lazarus. And uh, you can read more in the 11th and 12th chapter, because we'll touch on it, but you could read it when you go home. This wonderful story, Then we always say that Martha was the worrier and Mary was the worshiper. Martha was the worrier and Mary was the worshiper. But I I believe that we perhaps judge uh, Martha just a bit too harshly. Uh, She did some good things, which we'll see in a minute. She had some good traits. Uh, which we'll see. She was a good planner. She was a good coordinator. She cared. We're going to find out. She cared a lot. She was a very caring person, not just about Jesus, but, but about others as well. Uh, so she, she kept her life in good order uh, for everyone around her. And that's sort of like that uh, 90-year-old lady that got married for the fourth time and uh, the newspaper came to interview her because it was quite a thing, a 90-year-old getting married for the fourth time. And uh, the uh, interviewer said, well, tell me about about your first three and and your current husband. And and she said, well, my new husband is a funeral director. And he said, oh, that's interesting. And she says, well, my first was a banker. I married him in my 20s. In my 40s, I married a circus ringmaster. And then in my 60s, I married a preacher. And now I'm uh, marrying a uh, mortician. And he looked and he says, wow, that's amazing. And she says, well, I planned it that way. One for the money, two for the show, three to get ready, and four to go. So Kathleen, you've got your work cut out for you. You've got to do three in the next few years. You already got the preacher down. (laughs) I'll bury you, okay, and if you tried to get three more, I would be burying you pretty quick, probably. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. So we're going to look at just two quick points here on, on this Mother's Day, where Martha succeeded and where Martha failed, because she did succeed in certain areas. Where did she succeed and where did she fail? And we'll learn from her failure, and of course, that's why we often say, thank God we are not Bible characters, right? Because I don't want anybody to know about my failures, uh, But these are written as examples for us. The word says, upon whom is coming the end of the age. So we have these things here for us. So where did Martha succeed? Well, first of all, Martha was a caring person. She received Jesus. Now, we actually don't really have that much history before this. Uh, we don't know. Did they know Jesus a lot? Did they just hear about Jesus? Did they see him preaching? Uh, they weren't really as yet friends. Uh, we find out later that Lazarus was close to to them to Jesus. But she received Jesus. Uh, caring is really the essence of what a woman is, especially a mother. But even all women, uh, there's that nurturing aspect of women. That's as as we've shared before. Uh, the when we when we talk about the creation, uh, the Trinity—Father, Son, and Holy Spirit—and God said, "Let us, the Trinity, make man in our own image." And then the word says, "And male and female made he them." So there is a female aspect of the Godhead, uh, and and so we believe. I tend to believe that's the Holy Spirit on many occasions because the Holy Spirit brooded over the face of the deep at creation. And, and everybody knows about Holy Spirit fire. That describes a woman. See, she's not here. She's somewhere else. So I can say this stuff. <laughs> You're going to tell her. Okay. But... Uh, but no, that, there's that aspect of the Godhead that is is our feminine quality, obviously, because He made male and female to to copy that. So there's that nurturing aspect. That's why that's why nearly all uh, teachers and aides and things like that. We have uh, Gina and uh, uh, Andrea. You are you were a teacher, correct? Or you? Oh, you currently are. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, uh, Percentage wise of of teachers in the in the grades let's say preschool or k through third grade what percentage would you say are females teachers 95 percent. that's what my wife said gina would probably agree nearly all teachers are females because women have a nurturing nature by the time they reach fourth fifth sixth grade junior high high school then you just shoot them High school, junior high, they don't need nurturing anymore. But the little teeny ones do. Uh, A good example of this, and this is why I know that statistic is true, I was substitute teaching one time in the Canfield schools. It was Canfield Elementary. I think it was K through 3. And I, I, I had a break, and they had a Keurig there, so I had to go get a cup of coffee. But before I did, I was going to go to the restroom. And I was going down the hall, and I saw this restroom, and it said, Staff Restroom. I thought, oh, that's good. That's convenient. So I go in there. And the first thing I noticed, of course, it was a unisex kind of a bathroom. So there was just a toilet and a sink, and that's it, in an, in an empty room. And I, so I, I turned around to lock the door, and there was no lock on the door. So then I broke out in a cold sweat because I thought, I just walked into a woman's restroom. I thought it was staff. And so I thought, okay, what should I do? do I slowly open the door and creep out? Well, that's sort of creepy. Do I open the door a crack and look down the hall? That's creepier. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to boldly exit this bathroom like I own the place, and let's see what happens. So I opened the door and bolted out, and of course, down the hall was coming a second-grade class with a teacher, and I said, believe me, this, I have a point to this story, and I went up to the teacher, I said, I apologize, but that says staff bathroom, and she says, oh, yeah, that's really, we don't, there's only one male teacher in the entire school, and he uses the principal's office. So she says they really should tell you that or we really need to lock the door and or say when. but you know there's no male teachers in the school see so that was a very long way to just simply say that Andrea was right there are 95% <laughs> But it's true that's the nature of a woman right to nurture it doesn't, you don't have to be a mother. Women are nurturing people. That's why we will, when we go to battle, it will always be predominantly men. When you, whatever else, whatever aggressive thing needs to be done in the world, it's usually men. Women are naturally nurturers. And Martha was an example of that. She was a very caring person. She received Jesus. Ruth saw her Boaz and received him. Uh, Esther saw her chance with the king and entered into danger because she cared for God's people. Deborah the judge received her judgeship. Why? Because she cared for people. That's what women do. That's what women are. They're very caring people. So number one, she was caring. Number two, she was a serving person. You can read this as well. We see it in the fourth, uh, 40th verse. And then also in the 12th chapter, verse 2, you'll see it again. Jesus, uh, uh, Martha was back at it again, serving, 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 Uh, just cooking and getting ready for everybody. So she was a serving person. So she was caring, she was serving, and she was also a faithful person. She was a faithful person. Uh, John, the 11th chapter, verses 20 to 30, you can read it. When Lazarus had fallen sick, she was the first to go to Jesus in need. She had faith in him. John 11, 21, she had faith in Jesus. She said, Jesus, you've got to come and heal him. And then she also believed in the bodily resurrection because Jesus, then they found out he was dead. And Jesus said, well, you know what? There's a resurrection coming and she did believe it. So she had all of that belief. So she was actually a very believing, faithful person. Boy, do we need believing, faithful women today who will confess and speak the truth. And that's the third point is she was a confessing person or the final point. She was a confessing person. She confessed Jesus to be Christ and the son of God. John eleven twenty seven. 27. She confessed when she carried Christ's message to Mary. She said, come Mary, let's, let's go, let's go. And she went and gathered everybody. So the, she was a person of confession, regardless of what it was going to cost her, regardless what it meant. And, and in our today's society, we have Uh, Paul calls them in the King James, and it is a fun word, but he calls them silly women led captive. Uh, and, And there is in our society today a bunch of silliness going on out there. Foolishness and silliness, women being guided by all the wrong things instead of what is truth. And I believe it's time for men and women to stand up and speak the truth to society. We had uh, recently, uh, and I, I'm not saying this in a political way, but we had recently that the new Supreme Court justice that they asked her to define a woman. Now, and they said she could not define what a woman was. No, that's not true. Absolutely she knew, knows what a woman is. I mean, let's hope so, because she is one. You say, well, what's that mean? She was not permitted to define what a woman was. The powers that be would not let her confess the truth. I believe God's raising up a generation of Esthers and Ruths and Deboras that are going to stand up and say, I don't care what anybody says, this is the truth, <laughs> period. I will confess out loud what the truth is, and you can do whatever you want to me, but this is the truth. Not afraid of anybody. Not going to be controlled by anybody other than the word. And that's, that's what Martha was. She, at least say that for her, she was a confessing person out loud, in public, in front of everybody, stood there with Jesus at the grave of Lazarus, and still confessed. So you say, okay, well, what did she lack? What did she lack? And this is where uh, we come in a little bit for all of us. Well, Jesus tells us, as we read in, in verse uh, 41, Martha, Martha. <laughs> You are worried and troubled about many things, but here's the one thing that you're missing. This is the good part, and that is what Mary's doing, and that is worshiping. Mary was at the feet of Jesus. She was worshiping. And I believe that helps us to understand the good part about what we should be doing as believers. This is the good part, worship. Sitting, listening, basking in his presence, shutting everything else off and just listening to his voice, reading his word, speaking, praying, sensing him. Now, there are several things about this. As we, as we talk about this, we're going to see a couple things that works do that are improper. And the first thing was that works robbed her worship. Her works robbed her worship. How many know there's a time to work and there's a time to worship? There's a time to work, there's a time to play. Ecclesiastes, there's a time for everything. There are times you have to work. You you, you have to go visit the sick. You have to take care of that person. You have to raise that child. You have to drive to work. You have to do things, things that have to happen. And, And worship is something, of course, that we could do all day long in our spirit. But there's a time to work and there's a time to worship. We can never let our doing outweigh our being. We can't be running around like chickens with our heads cut off, doing everything for God, but yet not being who he wants us to be. Several things. First, we need to make sure that we are doing just what he wants us to do and no more. Oh, that's hard. That is so hard. Especially for those of us in the ministry, because as I've said before, right, Pastor Steve, Pastor Ron, we got way better ideas than God. We could could create and run and do and plan and be all sorts of things. Never, never, never outrun God. Don't do more than what he's asking you to do. Do what he's telling you to do. Second, we need to make sure that what we are doing does not interfere with who we are. We are are disciples. We are disciples. Those that sit at the feet of Jesus, we are not frantic doers all the time. Third, we need to make sure that our doing adds to our worship, because that's our goal. We're worshipers. We're worshipers. That's our goal. Now, uh, as a matter of fact, Pastor Steve and I were talking about this a while back. We we have made a decision here, and, and I, I know maybe it's not, not the best decision, Although, like I just said, we always make the best decision, but we we are trying to keep worship uh, simple because we're simple. <laughs> we are trying to keep worship simple. The more you begin to add to the worship team to the worship experience, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But make sure as you're adding, you have to understand that means more rehearsals. It means more paperwork. It means, do you know what we have to do now? Are you ready for this? Welcome to American, the American church in 2022. From April 1st until September, Lisa's shaking her head back there. I don't even know what I'm going to do with this. We have to keep track of every song that we sing and we have to coordinate them all together in a big thing and email them to a licensing bureau to make sure we're doing it correctly and not going to get fined. Welcome to the American church. So the more you do, the more you have to add, and the more works that you add, the more it takes away from the simplicity of worship. It's unreal. It's unreal. So we have to be very careful of that. You know what makes me think about this even more? And this is, this is interesting. Uh, one of the churches in Revelation 2, Thyatira, uh, the word says, And to the angel at the church of Thyatira write, These things says the Son of God, who has eyes like flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass, I know your works, your love, your service, your faith, your patience. Wow. And that your last works are more than the first. Whoa. That sounds really good to me. Can you imagine if Jesus came down here visibly and said to Emmanuel, You know, folks, I know your works, oh, your love, your service, your faith, your patience, and you're doing even more works now than, we, than at first. We would all go like, oh, "Wow, thank you, Jesus." Woo! Look at us. We bad. Or, or I learned the new one. The new phrase now is "drip." We got drip. One one of the students told me, P- Mr. V, you got drip. Is that a word? Anybody heard that? You're closed. You're closed. You right, you're closed. you got drip, you got drip. It's, 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 yeah. See, you're all old like me. <clears throat> it changes real fast. But we would all just sit back and say, wow, well, we got drip. Nevertheless, there's always that nevertheless, isn't there? Jesus says, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman Jezebel who calls her a prophetess to be in your fellowship. You allow her to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and you eat things sacrificed to idols. Wait a minute. That's amazing. So no, so number one, it's possible for a church to have works, love, service, faith, patience, And false prophecy, a lying and deceiving spirit. Seriously? Is it possible to be commended by Jesus, yet have sexual immorality ingrained in your church? Is anybody getting scared yet? Is it possible to have works, love, service, faith, patience, and sacrifice to false gods? That should frighten all of us to our knees. That should frighten all of us out of Martha mode with the works into Mary mode where we're crushed at the feet of Jesus all the time. That should frighten us. It should drive us to the feet of Jesus. It should drive us to break open our alabaster boxes and pour all of our riches and all of our works out to his feet. It should force us and drive us to question every move we make and say, Father, do we really need to do this? Is this what you want? Or should we do that? Or should we do nothing right now and just worship you? Mm. I tell you. So we got to be very careful with our works, very careful. So where did she fail? She failed first in all those areas with, with works. Then, then what happened is her, her cares became her anxiety. See, her works overshadowed her worship and then her cares became her anxiety Careful. The word there is, is careful. It's only used by Paul in 1 Corinthians. And this is the good part about care and careful. He uses this four times in 1 Corinthians. And, it, and three of the times it's for the care that a married person gives their spouse. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. And then also the care that we should give each other. 1 Corinthians 12, 25, in the body of Christ, we should care for one another. Those are good things. We know what the word says, casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Casting all. I'll tell you what, moms, how many, what's your list of cares? (laughs) Oh my Lord, it's an unlimited list of cares, isn't it? You've got, first of all, your spouse, if you're still married, You've got your children. That's the next care. Uh, my mother. I remember when she when when we had our first child. She said, "Welcome, to, welcome to being a parent for the rest of your life." And it's true. You've got you've got the cares of your children. You've got the cares of family sisters brothers. Uh, You've got the cares probably of elderly parents, moms. You've got the care of them too, constantly worrying about everything around us. You've got care for probably your job or your community, the schools, the safety of people that you love. Cares are everywhere, and those cares can make us careful, and those cares can weigh us down until they become anxiety. Uh, I like uh, Proverbs, the 25th, uh, 12th chapter, verse 25, talks about how anxiety will cause a man to stoop. (laughs) That's good. The weight just keeps adding on until you're stooped down under the care. But here's the interesting part about that. If I could extend that a bit, if you don't mind, that word in Hebrew, the the word stoop, literally 63% of the time that that word is used in the Old Testament, it's used for worship, which is interesting. So, worship is bowing down. But Proverbs, the writer of Proverbs uses it here. How about this? Anxiety will make your heart stoop or bow down, but could we not also say that anxiety can make your heart change its direction of worship? When my heart is filled with anxiety over a particular thing, my mind will be consumed by it and I will begin to worship it And not Jesus. I'll begin to worship the thing that consumes me. The worry that I have. I'll begin to worship the electric bill. I'll begin to worship the sickness. I'll begin to worship that need. I'll begin to worship the thing that consumes my mind. Martha was redirected away from Jesus to spaghetti and tables. Her worry turned to anxiety and it caused her to stoop down. And you know what's interesting about this? You know, when you stoop, you don't stoop up, you stoop down. (laughs) And when you stoop down, that means you go lower. And when you go lower, bad things usually happen, unless it's worship. And she stooped down into her flesh then, didn't she? Then then she got into, look what Mary's doing. Jesus, why don't you tell her to do something? Oh, now we're really getting down there, aren't we? Now we're getting there. (laughs) folks do not fear worship do not worry worship i know the giants in canaan land are big but our god is bigger I know all the little foxes that are running around to spoil the vine. There are millions of them, but don't worry. God will take care of them one at a time, one at a time, one at a time, time, and he'll clear the vine. I know the walls of Jericho around your life are big and high, but he'll tell you when to shout. He'll tell you when to break the pitcher, and the walls will come down. I know the Red Sea looks impassable, but you will get through it. I know the difficulty seems impossible, but I know you will get through it. Don't worry. Worship how how many of us over the years how many of us have looked back and said how did i make it through that but you made it through didn't you and you will continue to make it through so if we if if we if if we if we continue to have our works degrade our worship then we become anxious and then when we do not capture our anxiety, and this is the last step, Jesus in, in verse 40, 41, 42 says, this is the last step, the anxiety then became a troubled spirit. The anxiety became a troubled spirit. This is the only time this word is used in the New Testament, and it's, it's the Greek word terbe from which we get turbid or turbulent. In other words, she became disquieted and disturbed. It's one thing to be anxious, because all of us have some form of anxiety in our lives. I understand that. It's one thing to be anxious. But when your anxiety creates a turbulent environment, it ruins everything. And I've told you before about women with turbulent attitudes. I don't have a pulpit to hide behind up here. You You know what it's like. You women know what it's like. There is nothing that can ruin everything except a woman with a bad attitude. I'm telling you. Men have a bad attitude or a troubled spirit. That's bad. But they get over it and move on. They kick the dog. They smash the door. They take a hammer. They hit something. They move on. But women with a turbulent spirit are almost unbearable. I hate to tell you girls that. Thank you, Joanne. You're nodding yes. I hear the women had a great day yesterday there were amen there were no turbulent spirits there <laughs> it was a wonderful time but it but it's true it's true and and that's part of that that's that's part of that nurture spirit that god has placed in all women when it goes bad and goes the other way it can become i'm sorry i'm not saying this about you cuz you're all perfect it can very easily become Jezebel manipulation You move very quickly from Mary saying, be it unto me even as your word, even though it's going to cost me everything in my life, to that Jezebel spirit that says, I'm going to grab and grasp and do whatever it takes to get what I deserve. So don't go there. Don't go there. So we want to assume the position of both, I believe, Martha and Mary, surprisingly, Because you've probably met some in the past that they were just worshipers, and guess what? Nothing got done. (laughs) Say that again nice and loud. Nothing got got done. What what do we used to call it? So heavenly-minded that they're no earthly good. We need worship. We need to keep worshiping. We need to be worshipers. But we need to be workers too, don't we? And we need to know, and that's, that's always the fine. How many know that in life, it's never the extremes. It's always finding that middle road. Isn't that balance? It's always the hardest thing to find. How do I get that balance in everything I do? And I believe that the balance we need to strike is the Martha and Mary. The Martha and Mary say, yes, Lord, now you've called me to work. It's time to work. Okay, Lord, you've told me now to put down my tools. I, I, you know what? That I could do that, I could get that done, that thing. But you know what? In my heart, I'm feeling you're calling me to worship right now. So I'm just going to let somebody else do that thing. I'm going to let that thing happen some other time. Because right now, <sighs> I need to worship. I need to be in your presence. My battery is getting really low and my anxiety level is coming up and I don't want my anxiety to get turbulent. I want to be arrested in you and wait. So how many are glad for Martha and Mary? And I will leave it up to you to decide which you want to be and when because it is up to us. Father, I just thank you so much that you've given us these, our brothers and sisters from history, to help us to, to learn and understand and just see a little bit into your heart. And I think everybody in this place wants to be a worshiper. That's our goal. Our goal is to be that Mary that sits at your feet. But as we say, if all we do is sit at your feet, then no one will be helped. No one will be visited in prison. The sick won't be visited. The, the, the poor won't be taken care of. The hungry won't be fed. Those are all works. The book of James won't occur. James says, yeah, show me your faith by the works that you do. So we need that balance. And we thank you that we could see it, that we can be caring, compassionate, loving, doing people, but we can never let it interfere with our worship of you. So help us to do that in these last days. Because I believe the world is looking for workers. They want to see the good works of Jesus. But they're also looking for worshipers in spirit and in truth. And that's got to be us. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, I would like all the moms, if you could just stand up very quickly. All the Marthas and Marys. All of us, right? Oh, look at that. What a nice group. What a ni- I always say it every year. They are so much prettier than the group we have on Father's Day. <laughs> Men, just extend your hands to some of these gals around you. Father, we just thank you for these mothers right now. We thank you for the, the youngest mother that, that has that little toddler, that little baby in their arms, and we know what that work is like. Oh my goodness, a lot of work. We thank you for the old older moms, the elderly moms that have all the advice and all the wisdom, and even though they come from another generation, another generation that we don't understand, and that they might not understand this generation, they still have all the answers we need because they've been there and done that. We thank you for them. We ask for strength, we ask for comfort, we ask for wisdom, whether it's dealing with children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, whether it's dealing with family members, that you would make them your ambassadors, you would make them your witnesses to a lost and dying world, and you would give them strength and health and life and peace and healing for their bodies, Father God. And that you would tell them, now is the time to be a Martha. Roll up your sleeves and start working. No, now is the time to be a Mary. Fall to your knees and worship me. Give them your wisdom and instruction. We love them and wish the best for them. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now everybody stand up and greet all the moms. Have a happy Mother's Day. You're dismissed. Go praising him in Jesus' name.
1: And only a shell of yourself You start to believe